What is up, guys? Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. What I'm going to be doing with this show is actually showing you guys what exactly you need to look for prior to buying, building, selling, or even renting a home. I'm going to bring in some of the top people in the industry so we can dive deeper into discussion about these topics and really give you guys the tools you need to learn and know prior to making one of the biggest purchases of your lifetime. So with that being said, guys, welcome to The Real Build. All right, cool. We're good. So welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. And today I got a special guest coming all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. He was raised in Phoenix and Scottsdale by a strong single mother, graduated from Desert Mountain East Valley Institute of Technology for welding and metalwork. He worked on garage doors since he was a junior in high school. And he has been captivated by it ever since. He was lucky enough to have a great mentor that gave him or gave him the tools that allowed him to grow into uh, the craftsman he is today. With eight years in the industry, three years in metal fabrication, and the desire to keep growing, it was only right to focus on what made him happy. He started his business with a focus of on installing and fabricating custom garage door systems and top quality repair work. He's also a fellow member of the Arte Syndicate. Dan Cummings, welcome to The Real Build. How are you doing today? Good, Bill. Thank you so much for the intro, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you on. Excited <laughs> to talk some gra- garage doors with you, like, like we talked about before this, too. I, I kind of want to pinpoint subjects. I've had builders on. I've had remodelers. But I want to pinpoint those subjects that kind of build the house or pieces of the house, too. So yours is a major key, especially in my area. So excited about it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Garage doors have definitely grown from just a simplistic item that we would use every single day to like a really decorative specific mm-hmm. piece of a home these days. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so, it's, it's such a key to the actual front elevation, the look to the home. There's a lot of elements that go into it. Like me and you kind of brushed on too prior to this, which we'll talk about more, you know, impact insulated doors, so on. So anybody that is looking to change an old garage door or add some front elevation detail to your home. This is your guy to hear about. So what I like to get started with, obviously, is talking about about talking about your background. So who is Dan Cummings? So Dan Cummings, uh, garage doors were kind of something that I guess kind of fell into a little bit. Um, was something that over time kind of got deeper and deeper with the metal fabrication and realizing the specifics and the engineering behind doors and stuff. And that all plays a big key factor when you start getting into more of the bigger decorative doors, there's a lot of weight that's associated with those doors and being able to service the doors for so long, um, from a service-based business that I was in before versus what we do now, we still service, but we do a lot of higher end installs and it allows us and allows me to, build the products the right way because I've seen when they come from manufacturers that some of the components aren't made to last a long time. So we're coming back, we're replacing stuff after seeing stuff that's been, that's failing and versus us starting from square one with all the right key components to make that product last as long as possible. Awesome. And and one thing I saw with you too, like going deeper into it and your background you were that guy I read some you were that guy that everybody in high school went to if they needed something made or created or you know done with because you were in the welding you were all into that stuff so talk about that and then you also had a mentor that kind of changed your direction in life too let's talk about that a little bit too and how you got into this business so it's actually kind of funny so my actual my my senior prom I'll, I'll give you a quick fabrication story of how much metals impacted my life uh <laughs> My senior prom, I actually left a metal letter that spelled prom at the end of it in each class. So she actually had a sign um, at the end that said prom with a question mark. So like, that's how much like metals impacted my life. It's just, it's such a fun form to mess around with and build with. And especially like building buildings, like steel is a major factor. Um, as far as like my mentor, the gentleman and the company that I started with, um, 
it was much different than just working for your average business. Um, there were certain points that after like a couple months, he would just leave us the work phone and say, all right, figure it out, handle it. And that's been my like model for life ever since is just like those keywords, like handle it. Like I said those words and he didn't have a care in the world because he knew no matter what, we were going to make it happen. So it's definitely uh, a little bit different than like a standard situation of working your way up through the roles. It's more the fact of you had to raise yourself up to those standards. Yeah, and having that mentor, you know, is is such a key thing too. But one thing also, like you know, you're you're in fabrication and you're good at it, and so on. So obviously, garage doors is a good avenue to go. But how did you choose? garage doors, you know, and, and especially what you're doing. Cause I, I watch your Instagram and everybody should go definitely check out Dan's Instagram and what he's doing. Some of the custom garage, the garage doors you're doing are awesome. I mean, they, they look really good. I mean, these aren't just your standard doors too. And for somebody that's in building and construction, you'll appreciate it. You know, you see these doors too, but anybody would like, you're doing some custom stuff. So why garage doors? Um, it was more actually, so I, when I was in high school, I was actually working in a fabrication shop and it was right around 08. Okay. Um, and the company kind of, they went under a little bit. I mean, everyone was kind of having some struggles. Um, I was just working garage stores on the weekend because um, I'd work about six days a week when I was in high school. And from there, they had enough business and it was a kind of a business that wasn't shooken by 08. Like everybody needed a garage store. Mm. Everyone needs it. You use it every single day. So it's kind of a, a specific niche that's somewhat economic proof because everybody needs it, even if it's just mm. a service. Um, and from there, it kind of just made me fall in love with that process of dealing with customers. You're in and out of a job. You're not there for a long period of time sometimes. So you're in and out and you're, you're constantly helping customers. And a lot of the times, man, you're brightening their day because they're stuck in their house. And then it kind of transformed to the point of now like fast forward and there's so many different decorative products out there that like, it allows me to kind of sit in the driver's seat of being a little bit in as a designer and using kind of my artistic backgrounds to sometimes nail some details that the builders don't even call out to me that all just like, I push, push the limits on my end to like nail those little things and I'll present it to them at the end. And they're like, I didn't even realize like you were going to do that. Like that's like a whole nother level of like keeping a door around like a picture window, like the one you just recently saw, like there's like six different manufacturers of brackets on that door to make all that work. And that's just, it's just something just creatively different. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's huge. What you just said too, is you said does, being a designer and, and it's more of an art form to you too. I mean, my garage door guy, I don't think I've ever heard him say that he does phenomenal work. Don't get, don't get me wrong, but you're self fabricating these things too. And, and, and you're piecing them together. You're making them into, like you said, an artistic piece. And, and that's amazing to me being in the building industry is that you have that much commitment and, and have that, that feeling for your product, you know, and wanting the quality overall and everything too. It's, it's huge. I mean, just, just you saying you're a designer and, and with a garage door and people that are listening are like, it's a garage door, but no, when you get in a, when you get into the luxury homes or even, even in, um, not even, you know, smaller homes now they're doing custom doors on and it makes a big de- difference to the detail of the exterior of the home. It can change the home. Oh, so hundred uh, percent. And I mean, that's a big thing that, I mean, I, we also handle as well as it's a lot of people that you may not be in a big, crazy million dollar house, but you may be a car enthusiast. You yeah. may want a car lift in your garage. And if you've got a high enough ceiling, that's something we can make happen to where we're setting up a, a kind of a commercial track set up to make the door as high up to the ceiling as possible for you to be able to fit a car lift. And from a home sales standpoint, you now take maybe a garage, it's a two car garage and you turn it into a three car garage with a car lift. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's, that's a totally different aspect that you just raised your home value by doing some simplistic things like that. But as the garage door guy, that's my job to do the fact finding to help help our customers find what they're specifically looking for so we can tailor that to what their needs and wants are. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, it being on the building side of this too, you coming up with those ideas and helping, that's a big factor too, as, as, a, as a subcontractor to the builder. I mean, builders are going to appreciate that. And so like you said too, you know, I, I, you, that you deal with builders that are just, in, they're in awe that you're actually taking the time to do that above and beyond stuff that, you know, common person just would probably throw up a garage door real quick and say, that's it, we're done, let's move forward. Or you on to the next one, but you're actually taking the time. Like, yeah, you know, I brought it, brought this up. I saw your Instagram video where you you had actual, the tracks going close to the ceiling and it was a detailed door. So you can show the actual window and, and a highlight point, everything was on center, dead center. There was nothing off. You made sure, you know, everything was perfect in the location that it should be so that customer won't have any issues. Probably they can probably get a car lift in there too, because that door was so elevated. So yeah. those are things that are so key you know, to the garage doors and everything. I got one that's coming up that uh, they want to fit an RV in it. So, you know, that's going to have to be completely custom customization right there. So. And you know. those, those bigger factors in vehicles and stuff. And I mean, when you approach like custom homes that way, like if, if somebody says like, yeah, I got a huge car collection, like how can, if they've got a limited lot size, it comes down to the creativity of like, Oh, maybe we could double stack some four post car lifts or something in that way to fit all of your, your cars in one space versus like a massive area that would take up a large percentage of the lot, which may take away the wife wanting a big, beautiful resort style backyard mm-hmm. and, and yeah. kind of key components like that. So it's, and I've done it with a couple builders because a lot of people like, you know, like you see a set of plans, the plans go out as a subcontractor, we're just supposed to estimate the plans. And there's a lot of people that just mind their business, bid the plans, and that's it. Versus like, I think there's a huge value in a subcontractor coming back and having that relationship saying, hey, here's a couple options that we could do to give you guys a little bit more of a custom look. And it's going to totally elevate the look of the garage, the feel, as well as just the usability of the space as well. Well, that just shows your professionalism too, and how much you care about your product and, and you know about it too, because you're common guy that's going to go in there and just do what the blueprint says, which most do, um, you know, it, while you, on the other hand, you're going to give other ideas to the builder and the client and, and then it's going to either benefit, it's going to benefit you and it's going to benefit the builder and it's going to benefit the client. So, you know, if you do something more customized, this and that, it costs a little bit more money, but who ends up happy at the end, the client, cause you're, you can put it in a car lift so you can do those things, or you can do this to a door, a pre-finished door instead of paint grade door, you know, and not have to worry about painting or painting the door and so on. And maybe that's gonna, it's just, there's different things that you're coming up with that matter, which is good too. And that kind of rolls me into the next thing too. What, let's talk about your services too. So, you know, you're doing different things, fixing things, you're, you're putting sensors on. So let's kind of brush on what exactly do you do? So, I mean, we're, we're pretty much like, it's kind of crazy to think like, we're kind of like the, the soup and nuts company. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I help realtors in a situation that maybe they get a Benzer report and they're missing remotes or, their sensors aren't aligned or it's a unit that's too old. that didn't pass inspection. I mean, all the way down to just popping out and selling somebody some remotes and programming their cars all the way up to like your average repair work, which is going to be like broken springs and doors that are off track. Um, redoing weather seal and trim around doors all the way up to doing like the stuff that you've seen and the stuff that's on our Instagram where it, it could be a four or $5 million home with a totally custom setup that we built in house. Cause we build a lot of our wood doors in house mm-hmm. all the way down to just basic workhorse doors. If somebody just needs a door to open and close, we got you set. Like I got the components to get it put together at a value rate. And that's, that's always the hardest thing is like sometimes the service work here, it's kind of like a, it's like a knife fight situation. I always like to say, cause it's like one guy will do an opener for 489 bucks. Somebody's going to do it for $488. Mm-hmm. And we're more built 
on the fact of providing the best quality product at the most affordable price. And to me, that's considered value. And that's what we give our customers is we're going to give you the best door at an affordable price with the proper components that's going to last them as long as possible versus like a lot of companies, they're going to sell a door that's going to be cheap and they're going to make their money on their return trips when they need to service the door and then they, they keep up selling products. I just want our relationship is we put a door in all the best components. I just want to come service the door for the rest of its lifetime. I don't want to have to keep replacing little things and nickel and diming people. To mm-hmm. It is kind of that situation because that's, that's how a lot of companies are set up and it's not wrong, but they're just not taking the time to educate their customers for the customer to make the proper choice and decision. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that, though, too, is in, and that is on the building end. And I actually I've talked about this in many episodes and sound like a broken record, but people I've, people have reached out to me about it, too, of what to look for in the building end without being nickel and dime, because that's the way a lot of these businesses start is they'll start at the lower end and then go up from there. Uh, you're, you're more like similar to what I've been doing and, and that, you, you know, you're starting at the higher end and you're, you're getting a quality product, you know, delivering a quality product and you stay with that customer and, and maintain that relationship throughout the lifetime of that product or the time with me, as long as they're living in that house. And I think that's a much better approach you know, no offense to other people that are starting low and then they're going higher. But when I explain it to people, when I go, would you rather have me offer you everything up front or would you rather have me extra you the whole way up, you know, and and extra this, extra that most of the time, about 90 some percent of them are going to say, I'd rather start where, you know, knowing that I'm getting what I want, you know, and it's hard to do as a custom builder, but you uh, being in your business too, you know, that's what you're doing. And that's where you're probably going to benefit in the long run because you're delivering that quality product on top of maintaining the relationship. Absolutely. I agree hundred percent. So, and, um, as far there's one thing you said too, and I wanted to touch on this right away going into the quality too, as you said, you really want to talk about, uh, or you said you with eight years of experience in the industry, Southwest Garage Short believes in quality uh, work at their at a quality work at a reasonable price. You provide uh, to your customers with an understanding that their time is at utmost importance. Um, you give them the opportunity; they give you uh, you the opportunity to earn your business. We and then you also said we will do everything we can to give you the best finish, repair, and installation possible. So, kind of explain this too, because I, going off of what I just said with the quality and everything, how are you doing this? So, uh, the biggest thing is, I would say, our process is it's number one thing is answering, getting back to customers as quick as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, I mean, on the service end is a lot of the times like you're stuck in a situation where the door might be locked and you can't get out. Now, luckily, nowadays, there's Uber and there's different choices for you to get out of the house. Back in the day, that wasn't as much when I was coming up. Um, but it just comes down to getting somebody in properly, assessing the situation. Is this an emergency? You need somebody out right away. And then from there, quickly getting them scheduled. Um, I use a software program personally to where we're sending confirmation text to our customers and sharing that the actual schedule time. Um, they get an on the way text. So it's just keeping that line of communication. The one thing I've always said since I started is you've never read a bad review from a customer saying they communicated with me too much. <laughs> There's no such thing. Yeah. So in that is just, and then the same thing is like, if we're scheduling and we're giving them a time window, like, my guys and myself, like I set timers when I'm at a job. Like if I'm an hour in and I'm eating into somebody's scheduled time, I'm going to call them and give them a heads up and say, Hey, we're going to be there between three and four. I know I said between two and four, but I don't want you to be sitting at the house just waiting for me for two hours. Like if you've got some errands to run, I'd rather you go take care of them. And we're going to fit in that three to four window and you get happier customers that way. But it's that line of communication to keep open once again with those customers and being upfront versus not caring about their needs because if you've ever had somebody or service person come out to your house and they give you like a nine hour window and you're like great i get to sit home all day long how's your mood you're pretty bummed out 
because you can't really do anything all day. And then they show up and it's just, you're, you're not happy with the situation. And I want customers to be happy and feel empowered to call us. Not like, oh, damn it. We got to call the garage door guy again. Like, I don't want that experience for people whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in 70 something episodes out that I've been doing on the show, it's, it's, it's a continuous thing that everybody and that everybody I've had on really cares about the company. That's why, you know, that's what this, this show is all about. The real build It's bringing people that actually care about the business and customers and, but also showing customers what to look for. And you're one of those companies that actually cares and everybody's kind of had the same thing that one key point would be communication. And that's where everybody's had that success with, with business and their customers is constantly communicating with the customers, uh, especially in your business and my business, is that if you're not communicating, they're going to get aggravated. They're going to get pissed off. They're not going to want to deal with you because it, it is an expensive thing. Garage doors aren't cheap. Building a house isn't cheap. Um, so we have to be in front of them constantly communicating, t- teaching them things, going over why things are certain, the, why things the way are the way they are. So th- that's, that's a huge thing that I've seen with successful businesses that I've had on the show. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you about, just so if somebody is looking to, cause a lot of people are renovating homes right now, they're changing things. They're, they've been stuck at home. They're looking at that old garage door and they're saying, wow, what a piece of junk. I need an update, you know? So let's talk about the process of what you're doing a little bit too. Like, how do you go about your process? How, if somebody is looking to get a new garage door, let's start there before I roll into pricing, you know, cause yeah. price is obviously there's price shoppers, but what's your process? So our process, it's a little different. So a lot of companies are just going to have somebody out right away. I normally like to ask my customers, accumulate like four to five images, um, go on Pinterest, pop on our website, go to our Instagram account, get a couple images, four to five normally is kind of my max and minimum, just because say they pick something that's way out of the price range, we still got a couple to work with. Um, from there, once they have some images, we'll go ahead and schedule a time for us to come out, measure up the opening, because obviously the door going to be one of those things that's very important to that. Um, and then from there, we can also look and start assessing, like if they've got some custom cars in the garage or something, and they're looking for something specific, mm-hmm. or we can offer up some ideas um, for them to maximize the space. And then from there, um, once we kind of have all that established, then we can kind of work through the process of finding what's going to look best on their home. Um if it's maybe a pre-manufactured product, we've got all their color swatches and stuff on the truck to show some samples. And if they need to, we have bigger hand samples. We can always bring back to the job later. If there's a couple, like two or three doors they're trying to decide from, we've got some bigger samples that will kind of help ease that process. Um, and then from there, it really comes down to, and then if they're going the more custom route, um, we'll actually draw up one of the best things I actually learned during quarantine was I taught, taught myself how to draw in SketchUp. So I'll draw all our own detailed doors out um, as well as I'll draw my own details for like construction as well. Um, And then that gives them a realistic look. We can pick through wood species, colors, stains, all that type of stuff. Then from there, it takes us about two to three days sometimes to work up an estimate. And and then we'll normally send over our formal estimate. We'll follow up. Um, And then at that point, once we follow up, it just kind of comes down to agreeing on the actual estimated cost. And then from there, getting the door ordered up and setting our installation time. Nice. Yeah. And like, that's good to know too, as far as that, because I, I mean, I like how with what you're doing too, you actually do a sketch up too, because that's probably important to people and actually seeing reality instead of, I mean, obviously, you know, you're not going to have a bunch of styles of doors in a giant showroom. I mean, maybe one day. That's one gonna day. Be your, yeah. That's going to be that's, your that's, that's the goal one day. Yeah, hence where you can pull them out and so on. But having a having an actual rendering too, but you taking the time at the beginning and actually seeing and noticing their needs is is so key too, because once again, not a lot of companies are gonna do that and take that time and see, oh hey, you're a car guy. Well, you might want to consider putting a lift up or something like that. I keep touching on these things because, you know, obviously that's what the show is about. So people know, and it's not so much price driven. And that's what I want to get into next. 
how do you deal with somebody that is shopping just price with a garage store? So you give them a quote, you take the time to meet with them. And then they say, well, I got another quote for two, $400 less. You know, how do you deal with that? How do you sell yourself that you are worth the money that you, you know, are the value you're worth your value as far as what your quotes are and everything. So a lot of the times, I think one of the biggest key misunderstandings when you start, um, dealing with that is actually seeing if it's an apples to apples quote. Hmm. Um, there's a lot of times where people are going to be very vague on their actual detail elements of the hardware and the stuff they're going to use. I'm out front with all of it. I list everything on there, which the customer may not understand, but it allows me to say, Hey, are they offering this? Hey, are they offering this? And then that starts to kind of break down that barrier to say, Hey, like these are all stuff, all add-ons that we're giving you guys up front if you guys want us to do an apples to apples situation, you need to ask that other company to provide the same thing. Mm. And then there's sometimes that there are situations where, well, we don't want that. And that's where it comes back to our experience is, ma'am, I've serviced a door for this long. We're offering this stuff because sooner or later, the materials that come with the door are going to deteriorate and you're going to spend even more for it later than you are up front today. And I think there's, there's a situation sometimes that that in itself will, you, will allow you to realize if that is a customer that you should be working with. Mm-hmm. Because there are situations that there, there aren't appropriate times that we're the right guy for the job sometimes. And it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. But there are certain times that if somebody's just looking for a number and that's what they're chasing... I can't change their mind on that. I'm not going to lower my quality because I got to keep my, I got to put my sticker up my name and my stamp. And yeah. when they sell the house in maybe two or three years and they call me and say, Hey, the garage door is falling apart. My name's on there. Yeah. I don't want that situation whatsoever. I got to stand behind that and I got to put my head down on my pillow every night and know that my doors aren't going to damage or hurt someone. It's one of the most large objects in a home that could kill somebody at the end of the day. And I don't ever want that feeling going to bed like, oh God, man, I hope that door doesn't fall <laughs> on somebody and kill somebody. Like, ugh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I walk under under mine every single day. Uh, that's that's Florida's front door is going through your garage. Yeah. So that's everyone's front <laughs> door, man. Ask them if they yeah. got a key to their front door and ninety five percent of people go, huh? Yeah, a key. Yeah, what's now? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> garage doors. Garage doors are your front door for majority of people. I Absolutely. mean, and as far as going into that more too, if somebody is looking to install a new door, like what do you recommend for hardware? What are you recommending for, let's start with the door itself. Now here, like, and I'll brush on Florida, it's probably similar in Arizona because you guys get a lot of sun. Here, the sun with a painted door, uh, we always try and sway people away from those painted doors, especially if the Western or Southwestern sun rotates around to the front of the house, it's going to fade. And then you're continually maintaining that paint job on that door. So we try and push more pre-finished stuff. So let's start with the doors. I know there's different companies, brands. Uh, we're doing a lot of Eden coast doors. Um, yeah, let's go there. What do you recommend? Um, so it's hard, man. Cause I actually, so this is where we're different is we're, I, I consider myself more of like a garage door distributor because I represent everyone. Yeah. Most companies are going to represent one or two companies and that's all they're going to sell you. Mm-hmm. If you came to me and said, Hey Dan, I want a glass door. I'm going to start breaking down. Hey, do you want more glass, less frame? Or do you want yeah. a bulkier frame with, uh, with less glass? And I've got a manufacturer that's going to fit whatever kind of target you need to be within from there, that's the same thing as when you represent that many different companies, it's hard up front because you have to get used to every company's little quirks and stuff. Um, but from there, when you can offer that much stuff, you can always find something that kind of wiggles exactly what the customer is looking for. And to your point is like, you have like your base grade doors, which are going to be considered like a pan door, which is just like a standard steel door that's bent and conformed through some rollers and stuff with some press designs. From there, you step up to like what would be called a two-layer door where it just has a foam slip-in panel in the back, which is going to be like a polystyrene, which in any sun exposure is going to help because if you think of like a garage door, like a frying pan with no insulation and nothing on the backside, it's just going to radiate and dump heat in that garage, Mm -hmm. which is going to get real hot. 
Um, from there, I it's one of the doors we put up the most is going to be a three layer, which is going to be steel in the front, steel in the back with insulation sandwiched in between. And then at that point, like insulation is not just for an insulation value. It's also more rigid. So it's going to keep your product a lot stiffer and it's going to keep it much quieter versus like those other options. They're going to have a lot more flex to it where this door is going to be a lot more solid. And that's actually almost kind of our kind of go-to door. We don't do as much like pan doors and stuff. We do them here and there and stuff for certain situations. But from there, then you start stepping into the different type of insulations. You have a polystyrene and different thicknesses. And then you go into like, if you're building a fully new home, where they may want an AC space and they've got mm. full sun exposure. You might go to like an actual full urethane type door where it's a full actual closed cell spray foam where you're getting to like some 18 R values and stuff like that, that are pretty substantial. And it just really depends on where it's going to fit for the customer. If this is where like the builder in me, where I've taken time to listen to different builder podcasts to be abreast is if I look at someone's home here and it was, built in the two thousands and they got maybe some bad insulation with like maybe some little, some insulation up above. I know there are values like a nine. So I'm not going to sell them a door with an R value of an 18 because this, the sheer amount of square footage around the building is far more in your ceiling and your roof than it is a garage door. Mm -hmm. So, and as far as then from products, man, you've got like all our wood doors are built on true wood slabs um, makes a big difference as far as functionality and you guys, obviously with moisture, you would go more towards yeah. like a Versatex product where there's less rot because it's mm -hmm. a PVC product. PVC is hard out here because at a hundred, I think it's 145 or 155 Versatex will actually start to shrink. So oh, you have okay. to be very specific on where the door is going to face. You have to read the plans or where the customer's home is. If it's going to face West and that's the exposure, probably not the best idea to do like a full mahogany stained door that's going to have to be resealed every year yeah. just to have that look. So it's having those conversations to find the needs and wants of the customer, but use your expertise to lead them in the proper direction. That's going to give them a door that they're not going to be upset with because they're spending so much money on it every couple of years to restain it and deal with those certain situations. Um, and there's so many products you've got wood, you've got Eden coast, which is super cool. Cause it's all recycled materials. Mm -hmm. So those doors are actually literally made of like bottle shells, like all recycled material is their actual composite overlays. Brian at Eden coast. I'll give them a little plug. They're phenomenal to work with. I've done some products with them out here. Um, and they're great. They're awesome. It's an overlay product that looks just like wood, but without the cost and the upkeep. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's so many different products. Like there's faux wood grain doors out there with like the modern stack lights down the side. Um, from there, you've got your solid pre-finished doors. One of our manufacturers actually powder coats all their product. So all their doors are actually pre-finished in powder coat, which is, that's a killer setup that's going to hold for a really long period of time. Um, there's so much out there and dude, it's my favorite thing in the world is to dig through people's brochures and I'll call stuff in and people are like, I don't think we, we carry that. And that's their sales reps. I'm like, no, 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 you carry it. It's in the brochure. I know it's there. So it's, it's just a big difference of like, kind of, I guess, geeking out in my industry of like, really like finding like the different stuff that you don't see every day. And it's just, it brings a lot more value to the customer because they're not going to have the same door as their neighbor they're going to have a different door that's going to bring and elevate the whole look of the neighborhood. And everyone's going to drive by and be like, wow, I want that door. So that's why I got little yard sign stakes now with our name and phone number that I stick out of those big transformations we do. And thing sits right out front so they know where to find us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. It, it's because it, it it is like we talked about, it's such a focal point to the home and, and, you never used to see the amount of different selections that you have now and where I'm at too. It's like, obviously where I'm at, you know, things can get a little bit more expensive because like we brushed on too, you got to have impact doors here. If you have any glass inserts in the door that has to be impact glass, fully wind resistant, hurricane resistant glass, which adds up, uh, insulin and on top of it, having an insulated door too, you know, these things can get expensive. I've seen, uh, 
doors for 15 grand, you know, and, and that's, that's a quote we get. And it's just because there's so much to them too. I've seen all the, all, and if we do the all glass, modern doors, those, that, all that glass has to be impact glass. Yeah. So it's a thicker and more expensive glass, but it's, it, it is cool to see the different types of doors and, and with styles of houses, because we're doing so many different styles now and, you know, from modern to coastal to just super contemporary, uh, coastal, it's like a mix of all these farmhouse look and all these, you know, cottage style. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And it's a big, big focal point to the home too. So that's for sure. What about, um, you know, like you said, hardware, obviously, Uh, what about openers? What are you recommending for openers? Um, so we've actually partnered up with actually a newer brand. Um, we are having some, some logistical issues with uh, a couple brands. So we actually partnered up with a company actually based out of Germany. Um, oh. Their brand is called Sommer, S-O-M-M-E-R. Um, phenomenal company to work with and their operators are actually very, very intelligent. Um, it allows me as a service-based company to when we install that operator, we can actually go in with a tablet and actually see everything the operator's done, adjust a bunch of different things. It's just a completely different user level set up um, as well as the manufacturer warranty that sticks with this. This is a global company. Their frequency rating and stuff is not on your standard. Like if you wanted to make a wireless device in the U S everyone sticks within like the same bandwidth. Mm-hmm. Theirs is far beyond because it's a global brand. We're talking Australia, the UK, I mean, all over the country or all over the world global. Um, and the big difference is they're a direct drive unit where normally you have like a motor that's housed with like a long rail assembly. Their motor actually mounts directly to where the arm mounts on the door. There's And it's instead of having a fixed gear that can actually bend and break over time and wear out, you get rid of that system because the motor is directly driven on a chain system. Hmm. Been absolutely phenomenal since we partnered with them. And honestly, I mean, I honestly... We still offer the other brands and stuff as well, but they're honestly our go-to because the user friendliness and how reliable they've been with our customers so far, and then as well as we haven't had supply chain issues. Um, and that's a huge thing right now, especially with COVID and all the type of stuff that we're all dealing with in different situations is you need a brand that you can rely on when you're dealing with stuff that's not available and you have to go through shortages of stuff coming from other countries sometimes it's really hard, man, that to, to stick with a company when they're not really doing their own weight, you're willing to spend your money and they're not really pulling their weight. Mm-hmm. And then like, and as far as like hardware, like we use an actual, so like a lot of, uh, a lot of companies will just basically put the rollers in to come with a door. Um, but a lot of the times they're an unsealed bearing where we actually use a full 13 bearing sealed bearing with an actual race on the inside and then an actual full nylon tire on the outside. And they're, they're rated for over a hundred thousand cycles. You never have to lubricate them or do anything. Then when you start getting to like your big doors, we use like a full, it's a car wash roller. Actually, it's a three inch rubber tire with an actual full three inch bearing with a rate. And those things are, they're the nicest premium roller on the market. They're like 20 bucks a pop, but on doors like of that caliber, man, they just run so quiet and smooth and they're meant to deal with the weight where a lot of the mm. stuff that comes from those manufacturers in the box, like people laugh when they look at a box that comes with it and they notice I throw half of the stuff away. I'm like stuff's junk. Like <laughs> this doesn't work. And same thing, like hinges, we use um, a quiet hinge setup that actually has a little Durlin bushing on the inside. So it's not a metal to metal contact point. There's just those little things, man, that, that just take the time that, they're little upgrades at first. You're talking 15, 20, 100 bucks maybe, but the lifespan of the door, the customer's not spending more money out of pocket later on. Like I would consider a lot of the times like my customer's money is like my own money. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't want them to have to spend excessively when they don't have to. Yeah, and that's what makes you different than a lot of other contractors in your field too is like you yeah i can tell you actually care but you care about doing it right too and and that's what i always preach on and that's why a lot of people go with us as builders too it's just because we actually care and we want it done right and and it's just when you have that passion like you do man people people see it and that's when people price 
doesn't really matter to an extent with people because they know they're you're they're going to get a good finished product in the end that's going to last and by you taking the parts that come with the box and throwing them out and then going and doing some other parts and it's only going to cost them a hundred dollars more tops i mean for to make the door last longer that's huge because it's such a piece of the house too that a big piece of the puzzle so as far as you know, like innovative things with garage doors, you kind of brushed on something too. Actually, I wanted to ask you uh, as far as the openers too. So obviously you're not, you majority of the people that we're dealing with and that I've seen in houses obviously are using that one brand and you know, the brand it's LiftMaster. Um, is that one of those companies that you had the supply issues with or is that, yeah. Yeah. So we've had some supply chain issues with them. Um, and I mean, even now, like stuff is like they're manufactured in Mexico and mm-hmm. we're having major border issues back and forth. And it's just hard when you, you're selling product and all of a sudden I go to pick it up and I can't get it. Mm-hmm. And then I get a customer that's going to sit there and wait with no, mo- with no motor and manually operate their door. No. That's not 1982 anymore. Yeah. Can't um, so, and the other big difficulty is I'm sure you've dealt with it. And it's another end of this is home automation. Um, lift masters are not nice with home automation systems because they are a, um, they're a closed cell network versus being like a dry connect, which is open to like connect four and like a lot yeah. of different, different home automation systems, lift master specific. They want you to use their application, which when you're building a, a big custom home, sometimes somebody's not going to want to go to a different app to open and close their door. Um, so it can, it can cause some issues and I've had it cause some issues before where people aren't happy about that. So, and they're great products. Don't get me wrong. Great products. They work. They've been around for a long, long, long time, but sometimes, I mean, I was resistant to change at first. And I mean, we all are sometimes, but through change, it's actually brought a phenomenal operator into our life and a great relationship. And I mean, we're actually doing a, a giveaway in November that they've partnered up with us. And I wish I could say the same with me contacting LiftMaster, but they're a big company, man. I'm a small fish for me to say, Hey, would you give us an operator for a giveaway? They'd be like, huh, who are you? Yeah. So yeah. it's just sometimes, and I would say like Sommer is a smaller guy like us. They don't have a big U S presence, but the presence they have, man, they're willing to stand behind us as a company and a dealer. And that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's what you want too, because it is a big deal. If you, because a lot of people, and especially in the the in homes today, in smart home, they want everything on one app, and that's it, one central point. They don't need to click on fifteen different apps to have one thing operate. So that's where the control four comes in too, or you know, other systems too, and and, and they all just want everything in one one general unit so it makes sense and i i know that with liftmaster too there yeah you got to use their app that's it which i don't understand i don't understand why you wouldn't wouldn't open it up because you probably get a lot more business too because people like that one central point that's what control that's what smart home's all about you know it's not having 15 apps on your phone so we'll see if they change that but uh they haven't yet so so the only one that is not that way is their side mount jack shaft. It's, oh, that's yeah. a connect, but everyone else, all their other operators, their standard trolley mounts are all like a closed connect system. Mm. So it's, it's just a different, and that's, that's another avenue of just that professionalism is like for you to ask those questions up front with people like, Hey, do you have connect for these situations? And somebody that might not ask that and you get to the end, they're like, Hey, I want to hook this up with my app. And you just spent, two hours replacing their operator like yeah this won't work and yeah. you get to stand there and be like uh uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, it's a tough situation um but it, it is there are a lot of different brands and with how technology has changed like their system's still pretty basic for what it mm-hmm. is and mm-hmm. there are a lot of different options and stuff and i will say like summer is by far one of the most intelligent the things like a brainiac of like a little operator they're super cool so you well that's the that was my next question you like innovative solutions to garage doors so let's talk about that a little bit more so you have a lot of different common situations where like a lot of people are wanting like the side mount jack shafts and stuff because obviously it opens up the space up above and everything and 
they're great for certain situations. They can be problematic as well. Sometimes um, for certain situations, like they have a certain lift capability for um, an amount of square foot foot um, lift amount, but then from there, they can only lift a certain amount of weight, which for certain big heavy doors, it's not going to be a, a longevity aspect because it might open and close it for a couple of years. But after that, that motor's going to get pretty tired and you're not going to want to be replacing a six, $700 opener every like four years. Mm-hmm. for the door um so jack shafts are one of those situations where they're super innovative they're cool they're great for like the high lift track setups and stuff that you've seen us do which is just like it's a really cool solution for a residential application without having a commercial grade operator which isn't allowed in a home technically um from there you have summer operators which are obviously like i said a very intelligent dc powered motor which is a huge innovation in the last couple of years being dc powered it's a variable speed motor so it starts out slow and then speeds up and then slows down so with that innovation changing that way it allows doors to run a lot smoother and that's actually all we put up as a dc powered motor i don't do anything ac powered um from there, you have motors that are specific to like big carriage operator doors that the rail assembly is bigger and bulkier to help take the weight of the actual door. Um, I would say some of the innovation is like insulated glass. You can get your glass doors these days with like, uh, there's some manufacturers that have fully insulated frames. Um, there's, I mean, you've got smooth flush steel doors they're like literally like just architectural steel on the front. Um, and then I would say obviously your application, your phone is probably one of the nicest things being able yeah. to open and close your, your garage from your phone is an awesome feeling because like, say you have something dropped off where normally you'd have to give out your little keypad code to everybody. Now you just say, Hey, call me once you're there, you mm-hmm. punch open, they can drop everything off. And then from there you can punch them and say, Hey, call me once you leave, you punch the code and then drops down. Um, LiftMaster has it, so does uh, Sommer as well, as you can have a little camera set up to where it displays an image. And it's a motion sensor image, which when they signed their deal with Amazon, that was the big segue into the camera operation was with one key, you can have an Amazon package dropped in your garage, but then you can also see it as well. So then you're not having to deal with people stealing things and stuff. Now, obviously there's a fee to have that service and that application, but it's a nice vote of confidence sometimes to have that situation to know your packages and you get stolen because it's safely inside of your garage. Yeah. I, and th- that's actually pretty cool. I didn't know about the camera thing. I knew about Wi-Fi and being able to pro and like control everything from your phone too, but that's, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And, and one thing too, um, just to touch on it too, that for those who are listening, when we're talking about insulated doors, we're talking, you know, you kind of explain insulated doors, but the reason a lot of people do insulated doors too, is if they want to climb and control the garages and, and, you know, for cars, stuff like that, if you're working in your garage, because it does make a big difference. I mean, a huge difference in cooling. I actually had, I had a non-insulated door at the house I bought and I had my garage door guy come here and insulate it. So it is a possibility to do a non-insulated into an insulated door. That's probably your less expensive route to go. If you do want to cool your garage, because my garage did have climate control in it. I haven't gotten to use it yet because I feel like my garage is always open. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, but um, yeah, that's just a touch on that stuff too. One thing I want to talk about too with you, Dan, and this is so important, obviously, uh, to kind of start wrapping this up is customer service. It's obviously so big in what you do. How are you maintaining that customer service after you do an install with somebody? So for us, um, the customer service aspect is like a big thing. Um, mm. Obviously, me and you were both in Arte Syndicate, so we both listened to the same uh, same people about how you should properly follow up with our, your customers. Um, I personally am a huge advocate. We like to do a follow-up call normally within like two to three days when we're doing doors and operators and stuff just to make sure there's no issues. Because a lot of the times it you can ruin your relationship with that customer and maybe something that may have slipped their mind that they're not happy with but they just live with forever. So to me, that two to three day follow-up call normally we're able to catch like, Oh, Hey, this didn't happen or Hey, this didn't happen. And we can catch it right away and keep that relationship um, rolling how it should. 
and keep having that positive relationship from there. I'm actually a huge advocate of thank you cards. Um, Mm -hmm. being a garage door guy. Yeah. It sounds super weird. You're going to get a thank you card from me saying, Hey, thanks for the business. But I think it's a huge thing that a lot of people don't value properly is like, they don't have to choose us. Mm -hmm. They took their time, they did their research and they made a conscious decision. I want to thank them for taking the time to do that because that's, that's a huge thing. It's the reason we're in business and being local as well as people choosing and making the choice to stay local. Like that's, it's a thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for taking that time and taking the time to call us and thank you for the opportunity for us to help change your garage door for the better. So I, I, it's, to me, it's, it's more of an appreciation aspect for that customer. Um, and that's, that's pretty much our process with our customers as well as kind of obviously linking up with them on social media. I'd like to thank a lot of our customers. Like I could call and be like, Hey, you want to go grab a beer real quick? And mm-hmm. I don't feel like they'd be like that awkward about it because that's the type of relationship I, I would rather have with my customer than the opposite of just like to and from, and they don't know anything about us. Mm-hmm. And with Instagram and social media, like, it's different when you call somebody that you see their face actively, you see what they're doing. Like it's not as like weird as like having somebody awkwardly in your home sometimes. And as well as like with employees, cause I'm not always going to be able to go out to everyone's home. I, I wish I could service everyone's house, but I just surely can't. But our guys are held to those, like that standard in the line where they have certain things that they have to do to uphold that relationship. So they still get that same customer experience And I think a lot of the times that stuff falls through the cracks. Once businesses start to scale is you get so busy that they don't hold, they don't put the systems in place for those, uh, those employees to follow, to stay on standard with what you built. Mm -hmm. No, that's huge right there too. Cause I'm, I'm big on that. Like do the little things do matter that you do for customers and, and keeping those standards more, the standards, the more you expand, it's it's so important too because like with us with building i'm about to hire another guy and i've i think i might have said this in another episode just a, a laborer that strictly goes around and keeps job sites clean you know because that's a standard of ours that's what i sell us on too is how cleanliness are like how clean our job sites are maintaining them keeping everything organized keeping lumber stacked in the garage so it's perfect so we always know where that is keeping everything uh, vacuumed inside, even if there's no tile on the floor. And if there is tile on the floor, cover them. Don't just use the paper, cover them with like Luan uh, wood or something like that. Something that's going to hold up. Cause when I was a kid, you know, those are the things I had to do. I had to go around cl- cleaning jobs, walk around the outside, uh, sweep the insides, uh, put down paper and then put down the, the plywood or Luan on top of that to cover the floors and just, and doing it right, man. That's, that's what it's all about. And people respect that. And that's what they'll, they'll respect about you and what you're doing is doing those things that you're going above and beyond. It's, it's huge. It goes a long way. You may not see it, but in the long run, you're going to see it too you know, as a business owner. So anyway. And a huge thing to touch on there is, and I don't think a lot of, from a trade standpoint for you guys being a builder is, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Matt Reisinger um, from the build show touches on it in an episode is customers sometimes can't always see craftsmanship, but they notice clean and cleanly work. Mm -hmm. Hands down, we can all understand clean. That is something that is a unified front that everyone can understand. And where that then applies to us as a specific trade coming on site, it's difficult if you're going to be a trade and you're going to show up to do the absolute best work that you can and you get there and there's trash everywhere. Mm -hmm. And say you start having some issues come up and stuff and it's going to affect your mindset when you're looking around and you're tripping over cups and to to go containers and lumbers thrown everywhere. It's dusty and dirty and gross. Like that's going to affect your mindset about the install you're doing, because if everyone else around you doesn't care and doesn't like have a standard set, your standards are going to start slipping, man. Cause it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, for you guys as a builder, that's a phenomenal thing that I don't know if you've ever thought about it that way, but as a trade man, it's how you can keep your trades at like that high level because they're going to show up and they're going to be ready to work for you. 
Mm-hmm. They're going to be willing to give 110% because you're giving them an environment to do so. Yeah. No, I agree. And that's, and, and I'll admit too, we've had jobs where there's been slip ups with, with messiness and stuff, you know, and, and it should have never happened. It happens, but you know, and it aggravates me because I, 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 growing up, like I said, I always had to be the one to clean. So if you find that kind of stuff, you, you got to fix it. And no, I agree because people respect a, cl- a clean job site. They do, and even the subs do. Because when they say it's cl- when they see it's clean, they're not going to throw their lunch all over the place or put empty bottles everywhere, everywhere. And, so, and so on. So it goes a long way. It definitely does. So you're you're spot on with that. Um, what I like to get into too is you personally. Uh, I ask this question because it's such a big question on every episode of the show. So you're building an amazing company right now. You continue to grow each day. So what lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own businesses or our own lives that can help us grow? I would say the number one thing is time management. Um, As we've gotten busier and busier, I've had to learn how to manage my time properly um, to be able to fit it all in because it, it does get difficult to where you may make a slip up or maybe something in scheduling. And I will say, I mean, cause that, that can change your relationship real quick, but being transparent and I would say always listening to, if you do make a slip up in that situation, I've never personally ever like said it. One of the, I had a customer a long, long time ago when I first started, um, she was super upset. I missed an appointment. It's the only appointment I've ever missed and did a no call, no show. And I called her, she was super upset. And, but the main thing I listened to her was I took time away from her that I could not give back. Hmm. And I wrote her a thank you card. I sent her flowers and I sent her a check to handle her repair or whatever she needed because I couldn't have a customer out there with a negative experience from us. And I would say being able to properly manage your time is one of the biggest things that people underestimate because me, you, Amy Frisella, Ed Milet, we all have the same amount of hours in a day. Mm-hmm. It just comes down to how you effectively use those hours. And I've been on, been phasing it in and out of like Ed's like three day work, work day where he does miniature days within his days. And it allows you a different level of efficiency in your day because you're shortening your windows and you're getting so much done inside of those windows. But I think where I make mistakes is you get tired, man, after five days. And sometimes you're like, I can't keep this up. But if, if you stay consistent with it, you're like, no, I can do this. And you, you do give some gratitude to yourself. Like I can really do this. Like it's amazing what you can get done in a day versus what you used to think was possible. Yeah, right. What you said to time management is it's, we all have issues with it and it's in figuring it out and how to execute it. It's, it's a challenge. I mean, it really is. And with any business person, I deal with it every day. I get hit from all different directions. I mean, after this podcast, I got two phone calls. I got to, I got to do just because they message or they text me before hey and it pops out of nowhere you know i got one about a contract that i sent out she has some questions i said you know give me i'm in the middle of this so then new things pop up all the time it's just figuring out how to you can't be afraid to tell somebody all right you're gonna have to wait until this is done and then you can't be afraid to tell somebody too that i need time you know you know like with me sundays are um, a day to rest. I will work on a Sunday if it's absolutely necessary, but sometimes I got to shift my schedule to, I had somebody that wanted to meet me at 10 o'clock on a Sunday. You know, I like to go to church. So it's like, I shifted that. I said, are you sure you can't meet on Saturday? It's just properly asking that person I'm available on Saturday. Would you like to meet that? If not, we can make it happen on Sunday. They said, no, we can do Saturday. So, you know, it's like, it's, that's time management too. It's, but a lot of people, long story short, get hit from all different directions. It's how you handle it. And sometimes you just have to pause and say, okay, and piece it together and block it together and say, you know, and just so you can finally get stuff done. Otherwise, you'll run yourself through a wall 
pull your hair out and you'll have a million gray hairs too. And a lot of people, you know, it's, it's a tough thing. So what you said right there is, is it's huge. And a lot of people are trying to figure it out too. And it's, it's a tough, it's a challenge. It definitely is. Every day I would say is you'll get better and there you'll string three or four days and you might win every single day. And then all of a sudden you might fall off a day, but you have to remember that it's like too many people will fall off and then they they're off for like a month. Like just because you fell off that day doesn't mean you can't just jump right back on the horse the next day. Like you're not condemned for life. Like you can't do this. Like that stuff's always going to change. I mean, it's always, always going to change what might work for you this year might not work for you next year. Mm. You may have a kid and you may have to completely change your schedule yeah. to be up and down to be able to make it function and make that work. So yeah. it's always, always going to change and you're never going to win in that category. Mm-hmm. You've got to win your one specific day. And then the next day, like you said, like you may have another 15 things pop up the following day and then you're going to make it work that day. And you just keep, keep going and keep pushing. And I would say that also the big thing is tell yourself you're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Be grateful. Tell yourself you're doing good. Tell yourself. I agree. Big time too. I agree on that. Another question I like to ask too, I always ask about your past. Let's hear about your future. So where do you see Dan Cummings in the next five, 10, 15 years from now, where will you be? Um, I would say our five-year goal. Um, I plan on, we'll end up having kind of, we'll be scaled at that point, multiple employees, um, and I do honestly want to look to actually going, it is Southwest garage doors. So I do actually want to expand to a multi-state setup. Okay. So possibly j- jumping into the original expansion plan was Nevada, um, New Mexico and, um, Colorado. And then don't ask me why, but there's such a thing as Southwest Florida. And <laughs> I'm kind of into it because I like what you guys have going on down there with all like the impact class and that type of stuff. So I have some friends out there as well as you that live out there. So I would take it as a challenge to randomly, like obviously have a company that's going to be across the entire country for us, but mm-hmm. I'm up for the challenge. Yeah. Great long-term goal too. Yeah. We got plenty of building going on here, so <laughs> <laughs> we can use it and we can use somebody that's detail, detail oriented like ourselves too. So I can appreciate that. Um, last question. That's what the show is all about. What exactly do people need to look for when hiring a garage door company and why should they choose Dan Cummings as their contractor of choice? Absolutely. Um, I would say some of the best things, man, is, is just how we all buy is look through the reviews and look for the reviews that are actually specific, not like great work, Dan, you did awesome. <laughs> like the ones that actually are in depth that might name it a specific employee from a company um, that talk about the timeliness or the job that was done and completed. Cause a lot of the times with companies out there now, like they have people that pay to write reviews and those reviews are only going to be like awesome job or like little short excerpts. You're looking for the ones that are specific um, from there. You can also look through social medias, look, look through different avenues to see if they're willing to grow their business as much as possible versus just kind of, not really care. They get some work and that's a lot of people fall into doing garage doors. I would rather choose somebody that made it cho- chose to make a career of it. I chose to make a career out of it um, because you're going to find people that are going to care and they're going to withhold standards to their employees more than the other companies that are just looking to make a buck and that's it. Um, by choosing us, it just comes down to the level that the product that we're willing to give as well as what we're willing to do to stand behind it. There's a lot of times where like stuff happens and we're, we're with you till the absolute end, not the opposite of we threw it up and you're never going to be able to get a hold of us again. We're going to stand behind the product as much as we possibly can. And then at that point, we're going to figure out a solution and a long-term solution. We're not going to leave any customers high and dry. It's not our, not the business we're in. Yeah. And that's why you're going to be successful. And I have no doubt about it. You're going to be around this whole entire country before you know it too, man. Love what you're doing. 
Uh, thank you for coming on today, obviously, too. Learned a lot myself personally, and I'm sure everybody that's out there that's thinking about changing that old garage door, the building a house, too. I mean, this is definitely going to help. It's definitely going to help my clients, especially if they don't know what's going on with garage doors. So I'm definitely going to use this episode myself. But last thing, too, where can people find and connect with you? Um, so we're obviously on all the major channels. We're on LinkedIn. Um, we are on Instagram is probably the one we're most active on. Um, you can see a lot of our installs and stuff through our posts, um, as well as my stories are normally kind of my more in-depth behind the scenes stuff of you can kind of get some understanding of how garage doors work. I like to explain stuff and share and kind of show the technical side of what we do. Um, and then as well as Facebook, we're a little less active on there, but we try to try as much as we can on there just because it is an avenue for other people. Um, that's, and we do have a YouTube channel coming out as well to start kind of digging down into, uh, some reviews, proper reviews, different companies, different operators and stuff, just to help our customers be able to make better choices. And it's, that's a countrywide global thing is we want to be able to impact customers to help them make better choices and decisions. And I feel like there's a big lack of that that's out there. There's so many products that not many people have taken the time to really dig in to really share the different positives and negatives of those ob- options for them. Mm. And uh, well, what, as far as like the handles too, where can people find you? What's your, uh, your Instagram handle? And then also, uh, the so we're garage Southwest door Garage Doors and okay. then Southwest Garage Doors AZ and then Facebook or Southwest Garage Doors. And then same thing with LinkedIn as Southwest Garage Doors as well. Cool. And I'll, I'll definitely tag those in this podcast episode as well. But Dan, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, it's been, been a pleasure having you and, um, yeah, I mean, it's been awesome, man. Great job. Great info. Absolutely. Bill. Thank you. It was a pleasure being on here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again. And as always, everybody that is listening, I don't ask for anything. There's no advertisements. Please just like comment, uh, five-star review, of course, as always appreciated. And I will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Real Build. And guys, if you would just take a little bit of your time to write a review below, I'd really appreciate it. It doesn't take long. Obviously, reviews are going to make this show be heard by more people. And that's what we need. We need to get this out there. So please write a review, share it with your friends and family. And thank you so much for everybody that's listening. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.